Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 342, Psychology of the Exceptional Child. I hope you listen and enjoy. This is Class 6, Session 4, and we're moving now into our chapter where we're looking at some of the more severe disabilities. These are things that occur at very low incidence. They're quite rare, some of these things, and um, some of them are, are multiple disabilities as well. Um, one of the things we're going to start talking about is traumatic brain injury. Um, you'll see this referred to as TBI. And here's kind of the definition uh, of this. This is some type of injury to the brain. This occurs after birth. It's not um, any kind of birth injury. We would probably refer to the child as having an intellectual disability. So this is, child is born um, and they have something externally that is damaging the brain. This could be a fall uh, where they hit their head and cause damage to the brain that way. Um, these are frequently caused by things like car wrecks. Um, there are diving accidents that occur a lot in the springtime. There's a lot of football injuries um, that occur in the fall. Um, children who have bike accidents and weren't wearing a helmet. Um, children who were not in a car seat in a car and, you know, had a wreck and they, they kind of were thrown out of the car, anything like that. Also can be, um, you know, someone literally just hit them in the head. Uh, one of the little girls I worked with, her uncle took a shovel and hit her in the head and caused her to have traumatic brain injury. It was really very, very serious. Um, some of these are much more serious than others. Um, some of them are very small injuries. Some of them are very large injuries. Um, this was added into IDEA in 1990 simply because we realized that um, in the original law in 1975, we, we didn't have this in, and these children do need to be um, treated differently from those who have intellectual disabilities. Um, usually what's happening here is we're trying to relearn skills that we already did know at one time, so we may need to relearn to walk. Um, we may need to relearn to talk, um, to read, so forth, and so you know, we're just trying to get back to where we were, if at all possible. Um, it is not some kind of condition like a disease that is congenital. That would be something you were born with. Or degenerative, which is a slow process um, where the person gets weaker and weaker and weaker. So it's nothing like that that would cause it. It's, it's pretty much always an outside force. Um, here you're going to see some diminished consciousness. They're not going to be as aware of things. Um, again, this is, is a different parts of the brain can get injured, so obviously this varies tremendously uh, from individual to individual, but there's at least some sort of altered state. It's a, it's a bigger struggle um, to remember things that at one time came very, very easily um, for this individual. We do believe that because there's damage, there's some sort of neurological dysfunction, um, possibly neurobehavioral dysfunction, and um, there will be sometimes just um, inability to even do things like move an arm or a limb or something like that that you may see. Um, so when we look at our students, this is, as we mentioned, an acquired brain injury. They were fine. They were born okay. Um, somewhere along the way, it can be as young as a few months, um, as old as um, 18 or, or so. We, If it's an adult, 
um, who has a traumatic brain injury that's a little bit different because uh, you know public schools would be um, not working with that particular population although it does occur um, with folks at it, even the older ages again some of these are very mild you know you can have a small concussion um, that may cause some very mild issues and they actually may even be very temporary issues um, so it depends again on where you were injured you may find that you can't speak for a few days um, and then it might bounce back or you wouldn't be able to do math but yet you can still read so it can be real specific as to the type of injury that you would have some folks have very impaired cognitive functioning they really struggle with with their schoolwork um, and things that came very easily before are really a struggle for them now and they get very very frustrated most of the time even though there's these cognitive problems they are aware that they're having cognitive problems and they know this is something they were able to do before so they get very frustrated over this Note socially behaviorally you may see some some issues with functioning someone who had been very sweet before may be very aggressive now or very angry um, so it can change you completely and, and people are saying that's not the person that I knew um, they may engage in behaviors that they didn't engage in before or have trouble um, doing behaviors that they did do like walking that may be very difficult for them All right, there's two kinds of injuries to the brain an open injury is one where you literally have the, the a cut um, on the on the head itself you will you'll see a lot of blood it may even be open all the way down to where you would see the brain um, the closed injury you don't have any kind of opening within the head the head is intact it's actually better to have the open injury um, because of the open injury the pressure um, is going to be released through the wound and so there's no um, buildup of pressure to push down on the brain and so while it looks horrible um, you know it's, it's something that allows for the brain to have less damage to it as a general rule unless it's actually gashed and then you just sew that back up closed injuries you're gonna see like a, a goose egg that kind of comes up on the head or a big bruise um, somewhere on the head and so that's again a pressure build up um, to push the head out and make that kind of knot that you might see but at the same time the pressure's oftentimes pushing down on the brain itself and so there's a greater potential there for some brain damage that you may um, have here so obviously um, you don't really want either one um, but open without a gash to the brain might be your best option and as I mentioned we added this in under idea as a separate category in 1990 when we just realized that we really needed to do more rehab work here um, instead of just kind of walking um, forward we have to kind of go back and pick up a lot of things that we did at one time know how to do um, so these rehab services may take a while we we literally may have the children have to be given a um, a more restrictive environment ruling so that they can go to a facility um, that will help re rehabilitate their motor skills and get them at least back up walking and functioning and then we will begin to do a rehabilitation of their cognitive skills as well um, hopefully get those back to level and, and process ahead from there all right so some of the issues you're going to see with someone who has tbis they, they have trouble remembering things things that that they know they know and it makes them very angry that they can't remember 
um, they will struggle to begin to learn new things. Um, they're having enough trouble remembering what they already knew, so trying to take them further um, can be a, a quite of a problem. We began with some children to see some problems with their speech and or their language. Um, some are going to have problems getting things in order, what came first, what came second, and that's our sequencing issues. Um, it's uneven. There will be some things that they may still be very good at and other things that they really are poor at, and there's some that are in the middle. So they're not um, balanced across as much as they would have been. Um, you see the same thing with their progress with their new skills. Some things they may pick up very easily, while others, um, they really, really struggle to pro progress at all. All right, if there's some social kind of issues here and that part of the brain got affected, they may just become very inappropriate. Say things that are just rude um, that you would normally not hear them do, and they um, really don't understand at this point why that's a problem. Um, they get tired and, and really easily, things that just fatigued that, that normally wouldn't have done that, and again, the frustration we mentioned. Um, anxiety is oftentimes the side effects of, of DBI. They, again, just the fact that they are so upset over this is happening to them. Um, some are irritable. Some have mood swings. Some show depression. Again, it's sad for them that um, they aren't where they were. Um, some get aggressive and you know take it out on other individuals. And remember we mentioned the perseveration with the autism spectrum disorder earlier today. Um, you may see that as well where they just you know keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again even though it's really not productive for them. This is not persistence. This is a different thing. Um, so the prevalence numbers here are quite small. It's usually about a half a percent of our school age children who would actually um, have a TBI every year. Um, by the end of high school, it could possibly be as high as 4%. Um, and males are more prone to this than females. The thought behind this is that males are more likely to take risks um, than females are and put themselves in positions where they might, in fact, damage their brain. They, you know, drive their car a little faster, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, some of the causes, again, if you're under five, the likelihood, the, the bigger reason um, for TBIs is a fall, uh, an accidental fall. Kids have climbed up, maybe up on the counters, and, and the next thing you know, they're falling off. Um, usually, if they're older than five, it's some sort of um, vehicular accident. It doesn't have to be a car. You know, it can be like a four-wheeler, um, something like that, tractor accident, any kind of accident. Um when we look at education, we really have to think about one big thing. Usually these kids have been in the hospital. They, they've had to go because of their injury. So how are we going to transition them from the hospital back to the school? It depends again on how long they were there. A lot of the hospitals, particularly the children's hospitals, do have educators on staff who will check with the classroom teacher and bring work in to the kids for them to do. Um, we're going to need an IEP. Right, which we may have never had before. And um, so the child may have been very typical that addresses all of the domains, the cognitive area, the social area, and the sensory motor um, domains as well. So we're really making sure we focus on all aspects of problems. One of the things that we're most likely going to have to work on is teaching this child new strategies that they, you know, before had under control to how to keep their focus um, on a task, um, how to bring back information of things they've already learned, how to learn new things. 
and then how to be social and how to deal with their um, the fatigue that's a new thing for them. Uh, but our main emphasis is going to be on the cognitive processes. That's trying to get their ability level back up. And we really need some kind of plan in our IEP to look at long-term where we plan planning to go. Um, another thing that, um, remember we talked about multiple disabilities, and when you see deaf blindness, this is one that gets its own category. Um, you, you'll typically see is that your outcomes are going to vary. Um, one of those might be um, how much in, intense or quality instruction that you would have. Another would be um, how bad is your auditory or your visual impairment? What kind of type do you have? How, how severe is it? And that's going to vary, so that's going to make a huge difference. Is there another disability as well? And are there any specific medical needs? Um, and our definition um, of the deaf blindness and what we actually have. And then we're going to look at the different um, needs that we have. Do they have communication needs? Yes, probably so, because they're deaf and they're blind. Um, what kind of help do they need with their independent daily skills? It's going to be very hard for them to do things like do their own laundry, cook, um, deal with money, tell time, things that are going to be hard for them. And a lot of the states do have real specific criteria for their vision and hearing cutoffs um, to be categorized as deaf-blind. 